most acupuncture points are located along specific channels on the body. Some people call them meridians and uh, they can be used to regulate the flow of energy, which in Chinese medicine we call the qi uh, throughout the entire body. And that's also so fascinating because you can use acupuncture to remove stagnation and allow a more balanced flow of your vital energy in the body. Welcome back to Fit as a Fiddle. I'm your host, Dr. Sneha Ghazi. I am a physical therapist and owner of Sneha Physical Therapy located in New York City. I'm also the founder and executive director of Physical Therapy International Service Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit that brings free PT resources, treatment, and education to underserved communities all over the world. I am obsessed with the fact that if you feel better inside and out, you live a better life. Each episode on Fit as a Fiddle brings you phenomenal guests in the health and wellness space who share inspiring tips and tangible advice. This podcast is for a community of people who want to keep their mind, body, and spirit healthy and thriving. Thanks for tuning in. Please subscribe, review, and enjoy today's show. Welcome everyone to today's episode. Today we have a friend and a fellow New Yorker, Christiane Siebert. She is a board-certified doctor of Chinese medicine, a licensed acupuncturist, and a naturopathic practitioner. Today, we are focusing on the practice of acupuncture. I'm excited to hear the history of acupuncture and the different modalities that she uses in her practice. So welcome today to the show, Christiane. Thank you so much, Sneha, and welcome to you too. I haven't spoken with you in a while, and it's so, so wonderful to be back and uh, have a conversation with you about um, healing and uh, Chinese medicine. So um, I actually founded Serenity Health Arts, a center for integrative holistic medicine here in New York City about 13 years ago, and my focus is on women's reproductive health. Uh, I'm really passionate about helping women realize their vision for better health naturally, improving their periods, hormonal balance, and also their ability to conceive. And I support women with a wide range of chronic conditions, including PCOS, endometriosis, Hashimoto's, fibromyalgia, etc. Um, you might wonder how I came to this, you know, but it's kind of strange because since my teenage years, I've always had a strong interest in women's health and natural medicine. I've always felt strongly that uh, using nutrition and body work and botanical medicine can help people restore their health and also empower them to better care for themselves. So, of course, you know that the whole field of natural medicine is pretty much outside of mainstream conventional medicine. So we often have to seek out providers with specialized training and healing experience because our conventional physicians do not usually have um, extensive knowledge in this field. Absolutely, yes. And you also come with a couple of different specialties. Um, so you have a lot more in your toolkit to really help people heal in a holistic manner, which is amazing. Um, so I want to dive into history of acupuncture um, and what it is that acupuncturists do. Um, I know that there might be a lot of misconceptions or maybe uh, people might perceive acupuncturists as practitioners who only use needles and they go away and then they come back and that's sort of it. But we know that there's so much more to it than that. 
So I'd love to hear from you a little bit more on the background of everything um, and give us an overview also of what types of modalities are used within the practice. Yeah, so you're so right. And um, it's, of course, such a fascinating med medicine and um, not so well known here in the United States as you would expect. Um, but uh, knowing a little bit about the background and where the medicine comes from is really helpful to appreciate better what it can do for you. So let me just dive in a little and uh, yeah, you know, fill in the blanks for you. Of course, we could be here all day and still only be scratching the surface, as you can imagine. Um, but, you know, East Asian medicine has been around for a very long time, actually several thousand years. Uh, we also refer to it as Chinese medicine or traditional Chinese medicine or even sometimes oriental medicine, although that is definitely falling out of favor. Um, and historically, the Yellow Emperor was a pivotal figure before the common era to put Chinese medicine on the map in his conversation about human health with Chibo, his physician. The book is called the Huang de Neijing Su Wen, and pardon my uh, Chinese pronunciation if you are a native speaker, uh, and you can buy it in English translation as the Yellow Emperor's Inner Classic of Medicine. It's actually a very fascinating um, read, so I highly recommend it. And uh, like you mentioned, the most well-known healing system within Chinese medicine, of course, is acupuncture. This involves the insertion of very thin sterile needles at specific points on the body that are known to have certain balancing effects on the physiology of a person. And most people, of course, think of acupuncture when they have pain, but it can actually help with a wide range of health issues, including indigestion and emotional disturbances such as anxiety, depression, insomnia, and so forth. Great. Yeah, I, I actually didn't know that acupuncture could be used for uh, mental health conditions as well. Um, so let's kind of step back then. So that's a little bit about acupuncture. And now if we just talk about Chinese medicine as a whole and the different things that are offered um, within that. So for example, I know that gua sha is um, you know, a technique that is used by a lot of practitioners and I think that the Western equivalent to that um, within at least the physical therapy practice is the Graston technique or other sort of certified um, tools or instrumental assisted myofascial release. Um, and so there's some of these comparisons, right, between Eastern medicine and Western medicine and different techniques that are used. So I'd like to hear a little bit from you on an overview of other possible modalities used within Chinese medicine itself. Right. So, um, yeah, it's not just acupuncture that we can use in Chinese medicine, though that is certainly a big foundation for us. Um, so let's maybe um, clarify what acupuncture actually is and then um, talk a little bit more about the other modalities that um, tie in with acupuncture. And I would say also, you know, that I know that, you know, some people are worried that the needles are going to hurt. And from my experience, I almost always... Um, find that they are surprised that they hardly notice it when the needles are uh, inserted for their treatment. So that's the good news. It's nothing like when you have blood drawn. So uh, you can take a deep breath and not worry about it too much. Um, of course, you know, the question I'm always asked is, so how does acupuncture work? And then I always say, you know, to be honest with you, we don't really actually know. Uh, it's, it's, um, it's a miracle. It's, a, it's very curious. And according to Chinese medicine, um, you know, we, we certainly have a system 
most acupuncture points are located along specific channels on the body. Some people call them meridians. And uh, they can be used to regulate the flow of energy, which in Chinese medicine we call the qi uh, throughout the entire body. And that's also so fascinating because you can use acupuncture to remove stagnation and allow a more balanced flow of your vital energy in the body. These channels are also connected to the internal organ systems. And that's why we can use um, points on the hands and feet for example, to treat problems deep inside the body, because the channels, you know, start at the fingertips and toes and reach deep inside to uh, the body. So you can actually use points at the fingertips to treat the liver and the stomach and everything that's going on inside. Um, you wouldn't necessarily think of that unless someone um, explains it to you. So you ask me, you know, what can we treat with um, acupuncture and Chinese medicine. So, you know, when we um, decide to uh, treat someone, we look at the individual and at their specific imbalance. We use our diagnostic system in Chinese medicine that's based on the concepts of yin and yang, as well as the five elements. That's also part of our history and some people are already familiar with it. Um, and then we also look at the tongue and observe a person's pulses closely. That's part of our diagnostic process. As a result, we have a very different medical language in East Asian medicine that can sound confusing to people used to Western terminology. So you, you may occasionally hear us speak of things like liver cheese stagnation or phlegm misting the orifices. And that sounds really jarring to Western ears. And you may wonder what that's all about. Um, but it's all part of a very logical system that is rooted uh, on thousands of years of transmission of medical experience um, and academic research. So it's not just some voodoo medicine. <laughs> um, and yeah, so physical medicine, which, you know, acupuncture is uh, in East Asia, also includes Mark Sebastian. It's actually sort of the sister modality of acupuncture, and it's a form of heat therapy. We uh, burn um, mugwort near acupuncture points to uh, introduce healing warmth into the body. And then we also have the practice of tuina, which includes techniques similar to chiropractic and massage. So that's a very hands-on um, approach to treatment and it's used especially in sports medicine. And then we may also use cups to do cupping. And you've probably seen that during the Olympics, you know, when the swimmers were all uh, trying to take care of themselves and doing cupping on each other. Or we may use scraping tools to do gua sha, which you already mentioned. And yeah, it's interesting how, you know, gua sha has also found its way into, for example, chiropractic. And chiropractors developed a, you know, technique derived from gua sha that they refer to as grass and technique, even though it's really been around for a very, very long time. Um, and, you know, you can also treat the surface of the body. You know, you can treat pain in the limbs um, with salves and poultices and liniments that are made from Chinese herbs. That's also very common, especially in sports medicine. So it's a, it's a large realm of, um, you know, modalities that we have in the physical part of our medicine. So it's not just acupuncture, it's also heat therapy, manual therapy, uh, and external treatment with herbs. 
Yes, there's so many things that are offered within Chinese medicine. It's such an eclectic um, field that offers so many different modalities, all for the same purpose of healing and rejuvenating the body, both from a wellness perspective, um, proactively, and also rehabilitatively, right? Um, and then as you were talking, I was just uh, making so many comparisons with different modalities that are used within the physical therapy practice, because some of them seem to be so similar um, to the different things that acupuncturists use. Like, for example, um, we use like the gua sha, like so it's like the instrumental assisted release of fascia um, and then cupping. I mean, I have a cupping set right behind me that I use with patients. And of course, we use heat and cold, um, manual release through massage, soft tissue release, mobilizations um, and all of that. So it's um, very similar in all those senses. And then in a lot of states, PTs actually are also able to do dry needling. It's legal in the state of New York. It's not a part of our practice act here, but the language is a little different. So while acupuncture um, talks about, you know, the Chinese meridians and the channels, PTs, when we're dry needling, we just use different language. So we might talk about trigger points and alpha motor neurons and sort of just have like a different lens um, that kind of caters to a similar purpose, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, and quite familiar also with modern styles of acupuncture um, that are not based on meridian theory. Um, and we practice those as licensed acupuncturists depending on our specialization and uh, training. Um, and so we also have um, systems that are called motor point needling, trigger point needling. Um, and um, yeah, there is a lot of cross fertilization with uh, strategies that um, physical therapists have developed um, and also so-called medical acupuncture that uh, medical doctors deploy. Um, but it all comes back basically to the same thing. Yeah, and I was just gonna say this, just like you said, this stuff has been around for thousands of years, right? And now sometimes people find that things are more evidence-based, they research them and then kind of codify them into specific ways, but it's really been around for a very, very long time. Yeah, and the, I always say the more the merrier, you know, we can learn from each other and the ultimate goal is really to benefit our patients. Yes, you are spot on. Exactly. It's it really is at the end of the day all about the patient and um, their healing and their progress. So, you know, you have all these modalities and then how do you know what to use with who? Because there's you have so many things in your toolbox and the whole purpose is the ability to have all of these things helps you treat people in a more holistic way. So can you maybe talk about some case studies or maybe give us some examples of what you would use and when the indication would be to do one thing versus another within your practice? Yeah, so um, a lot of people come to me obviously for pain. Uh, and in that case, I think acupuncture is the first thing that I go to is in my arsenal of treatment modalities um, because it can really it can often provide immediate relief uh, or at least an immediate reduction of uh, pain. So that's a great way to get started. Um, but I should, should maybe also um, um, take a little detour and talk about the other um, uh, major um, treatment approach that I use in my practice. Um, so, you know, even so acupuncture is best known in the West as far as East Asian medicine is concerned, in reality, Chinese medicine historically and in modern times is uh, really predominantly herbal medicine, which includes also food as medicine. Um, so it 
when I work with patients, it's always all of these things, you know, acupuncture and herbs and food and other um, techniques, lifestyle changes. So um, the practice of herbal medicine is very advanced in Chinese medicine and involves detailed case taking um, and subsequent prescription of individual formulas by a Chinese medicine doctor. And then the process is, you know, uh, we send the prescription over to an herbal, herbal pharmacy that will fill our prescription and then the patient cooks the herbs at home or takes them in, in the form of granules or tablets. And I will say that professional Chinese herbal medicine is really powerful. There is really not much that we cannot treat. We do especially well with things that pharmaceutical drugs can't do or do so well with or, you know, like chronic conditions or pre prevention. Um, and we can also combine Chinese herbal medicine or acupuncture with conventional treatments. And I see the benefits of that, especially when I work with um, people undergoing treatment for cancer. And there is a huge amount of research interest and evidence that that's actually a really helpful strategy for people. In my area of specialization in women's health, you know, I think that Chinese herbal medicine is at least as, if not more, um, helpful, powerful, and useful um, as acupuncture. So when I work with women with hormonal imbalances, you know, I would probably not want to treat them without having the use of Chinese herbal prescriptions. So what does that look like? How do people start working with you one-on-one? -on -one? So, you know, the process usually is that you, you know, once you start working with me or with another Chinese medicine doctor that you, um, fill out forms about your health. And then we have a comprehensive conversation to figure out what your health issues and imbalances are. So we really take a comprehensive look at your health, uh, your history, your tendencies, you know, your constitution, but also what actually bothers you in the moment. And then we decide together what treatment approaches are most suitable for your condition, your schedule, and your pocketbook. Because some people do not want to take acupuncture because they're afraid of needles or they cannot travel to my office, which is currently a problem for some people, you know, so, um, and other people, they're just not interested in Chinese herbs. And uh, then we do the best we can with acupuncture and other um, therapies, you know, so... We usually include either acupuncture or herbal medicine or both, but you know, depending on the patient's preferences, we are also somewhat flexible. And then, you know, my patients also receive advice on nutrition and exercises such as qigong and tai chi. Yeah, absolutely. That totally makes sense. Um, it's a holistic approach, so you use all these different tools. Um, so do you wanna give us maybe an example of somebody who's come into your office recently um, to seek your help? Right. So let's say um, I have a woman who um, doesn't get her periods, right, which is very common. It affects probably about 15 to 20 percent of women in the U.S. of reproductive age. So it's a really big concern to many people because it also means that they will not um, be able to conceive naturally. So um, I see a lot of these women in my practice and um, we go through this process initially, you know, they fill out um, questionnaires that they send to me before we meet. And then we take the history. I find out, you know, how well they function, their menstrual history, their family history, um, and um, 
also I look at blood work that they've already done. Um, I look at other medical reports. And then we discuss, you know, after I've come to my conclusion called diagnosis, we discuss, you know, what um, strategies would be suitable and, and be most promising to help them um, improve their health. Um, and yeah, then we, you know, we schedule, of course, the uh, treatments. Um, we decide if we want to um, proceed with herbal prescriptions and get the process started. Um, and then depending on what treatments we use, they will come to see me once a week, or if they take herbs only, they will consult with me every couple of weeks on their process, on their um, progress. Um, and in the meantime, we also use these uh, visits with each other to learn more about appropriate nutritional strategies, uh, especially for someone with PCOS, where um, you know, hormonal imbalances and insulin resistance are often part of the picture. Nutrition is really, really a cornerstone of their improvement. Um, so I explain, you know, what strategies are useful and I give them um, information about how to implement that in their daily life. So it's a lot of information. It's a lot of education. Um, it's not just sticking the needles in, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yes. It is not just sticking in needles. So this is wonderful information. I feel like I've learned a lot more about Chinese medicine and acupuncture as well. So if people have any questions for you, what's the best way that they can reach you and contact you? Yeah, so um, if you'd like to learn more about any of these topics, um, please peruse my blog. It's serenityhealtharts.com forward slash blog. I have over 60 articles on a range of common health concerns, especially with an eye toward women's health. Um, if you have any questions for me or would like to set up a consultation, you can reach our office through the website, uh, serenityhealtharts.com. And I also invite you to follow us on social media to stay up to date on natural health topics. And again, you can find the links um, on our website. Thank you so much, Christian. This has been a wonderful learning experience for everybody. And I'm sure that many of our listeners have learned at least something new today about Chinese medicine. So thank you for your time and for your wisdom. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed our conversation. I hope people got something out of it. And um, it's easy to find me if you have more questions. I'm always happy to talk with people about natural medicine, of course. Thank you, Sneha. A big thank you to everyone who listened to today's episode. Thank you for investing in yourself and your well-being. The goal here is to educate and be educated. If you learned something new today, please subscribe, rate, and review. It means the world. I will see you again next week with an exciting new guest and topic to share with all of you.